Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Reading Harry Potter with a 12 year old. And today we are reading Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets Chapter 3, The Burrow. And um, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who has been sending in voice messages. You guys have been so nice to me. Um, you guys have supported me so much um i have lots of voice messages to release one by one um as all the episodes go on but um i just really want to say thank you because you guys have actually sent me really far you've just been jump starting my podcast because sometimes i do these regular checks on um spotify or apple podcasts if i just type in keywords of my title name and just see how long it takes for them to actually come up, and they actually come up, um, coming up quite fre- uh, quite frequently now. So I just want to thank you guys so much for this. Um, and as I said before, if your families and friends enjoy listening to Harry Potter, um, then please share this podcast with them. Now I have a voice message from Leah. Um, she actually sent me three um, voice messages. But um, I'll only just play the one for now because they're a bit long and I just don't want to take up too much time and just making sure it doesn't um, just get too annoying or anything like that. So I'm sorry, but yeah, I'll only just be doing the one so we can um, get to the reading as quick as we can. So I'll um, listen to that now and we'll get straight into it. Hi, William. Uh, my name is Leah. I'm from Indonesia. I just want to tell you that I really enjoy your podcast. I'm sure that I've just re- reached you now because I have just found your podcast a few days ago. And I have to say that I really enjoy listening to you. Your articulation, your fluency, everything is clear. And yeah, there's tiny bits of mistake, but it's really normal. I mean, like, yeah, you cannot really expect everyone and anyone to read, like, 100% true yeah no mistakes so yeah I just really enjoy it and I love your you know like your intonation like and I love how you always like change voices and uh, like yeah like you differentiate between uh, when someone is angry someone is happy etc I really enjoy that I really hope you're recording now I have just listened until the chapter Yeah, thanks a lot for that. That was very kind. Um, yeah, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Um, now, moving on, I just want to say I'm sorry if I haven't been including your voice messages in certain episodes because I'm getting a little mixed around with which which is which and which ones I haven't done, which ones I have done. Um, so if I skip a few of them, I just want to say I'm really sorry. But, um, yeah, I must have just skipped over yours because so many people have been sending in voice messages. I think I'm about maybe four or five voice messages behind. But, yeah, as I said before, I don't want to get the episode too clustered. So I'm just releasing them once at a time. But um, that's okay. Um, But without further ado, um, let's keep going on the book. Okay, let's get started. Chapter 3. The Burrow. Run! breathed Harry, 
creeping to the window and pushing it up so they could talk through the bars. Ron, how did you... What the... Harry's mouth fell open as the full impact of what he was seeing hit him. Ron was leaning out of the back of an old turquoise car, which was parked in mid-air. Grinning at Harry from the front seats were Fred and George, Ron's elder twin brothers. All right, Harry. What's been going on? said Ron. Why haven't you been answering my letters? I've asked you to stay about twelve times. Then Dad came home saying you'd gotten an official warning for using magic in front of muggles. It wasn't me. And how did he know? He works for the ministry, said Ron. You know we're not supposed to do spells outside school. Bit, bit rich coming from you, said Harry, staring at the floating car. Oh, this doesn't count, said Ron. We're only borrowing this. It's Dad. We didn't enchant it. But you doing magic in front of those muggles you live with? I told you I didn't, but it'll take too long to explain. Look, can you explain to them at Hogwarts that the Dursley have locked me up and won't let me come back? And obviously I can't magic myself out because the Ministry will think that's the second spell I've done in three days, so? Stop gibbering, said Ron. We've come to take you home with us. But you can't magic me out either. We don't need to, said Ron, jerking his head towards the front seat and grinning. You forget who I've got with me. Tie that round tie that round the bars, said Fred, throwing an end of a rope to Harry. If the Dursley wake if the Dursleys wake up, I'm dead, said Harry, as he tied the rope tightly around the bar, and Fred revved the car. Don't worry, said Fred, and stand back. Harry moved back into the shadows next to Hedwig, who seemed to have realized how important this was and kept still and silent. The car revved louder and louder, and suddenly, with a crunching noise, the bars were pulled clean out of the window as Fred drove the car straight up in the air. Harry ran back to the window to see the bars dangling a few feet above the ground. Panting, Ron hoisted them up into the car. Harry listened anxiously, but there was no sound coming from the Dursley's bedroom. When the, when the bars were safely in the back seat with Ron, Fred reversed as close as possible to Harry's window. Get in, said Ron. But all my Hogwarts stuff, my wand, my broomstick. Where is it? Locked in the cupboard under the stairs, and I can't get out of this room. No problem, said <clears throat> said George from the front passenger seat. Out of the way, Harry. Fred and George climbed carefully through the window into Harry's room. You had to hand it to them, thought Harry, as George took an ordinary hairpin from his pocket and started to pick the lock. A lot, of, a lot of wizards think it's a waste of time knowing this sort of muggle trick, said Fred. But, um, but we feel their skills are worth learning, even if they are a bit slow. There was a small click and the door swung open. So, we'll get your trunk and you grab anything you need from your room and hand it to Ron, whispered George. Watch out for the bottom stair. It creaks, Harry whispered back, and the, and the twins disappeared into the dark landing. Harry dashed around his room, collecting his things together and passing them out of the window to Ron. Then he went then um he went to help Fred and George heave his trunk up the stairs, um when he heard Uncle Vernon coughing. At last, panting, they reached the landing, then carried the trunk through Harry's window into the open um into the open window. Harry uh Fred climbed into the back of the car to pull Ron and Harry and George Right, with Ron and Harry and George, push, yeah. 
Fred climbed back into the car to pull with Ron and Harry and George, pushed... Okay, that's that's a confusing sentence, because there's three M's. I don't think that's grammatic, grammatically correct. Wait. Climbed... Fred climbed back into the car to pull with Ron and Harry, and George pushed... Okay, never mind. I'll just blow past that. Okay, and Harry and George pushed the bedroom side by side. Pushed from the bedroom side by side. Inch by inch, the trunk slid through the window. Uncle Vernon coughed again. A bit more, panted Fred, who was pulling from inside the car. One good push. Harry and George threw off their threw their shoulders against the trunks and slid out of the window into the back seat of the car. Okay, let's go, George whispered. But as Harry climbed um, onto the windowsill, there was a sudden loud screech from behind him that followed immediately by the thunder of Uncle Vernon's voice. That ruddy owl! I've forgotten Hedwig! Harry tore back across the room as the landing light clicked on. He snatched up Hedwig's cage, dashed to the window, and passed it on to Ron. He was scrambling back onto the chest of drawers when Uncle Vernon hammered on the unlocked door. It split open. It crashed open. For a split second, Uncle Vernon stood framed in the doorway. Then he let out an a- he let out a blow, a bellow, like an angry bull, and dived at Harry, grabbing him by the ankle. Ron, Fred, and George seized Harry's arms and pulled as hard as they could. Petunia! roared Uncle Vernon. He's getting away! He's getting away! The Weasleys gave a gigantic, a gigantic tug, and Harry's leg slid out of Uncle Vernon's grasp. As soon as Harry was in the car and had slammed the um, had slammed the door shut, Ron yelled, "Put your foot down, Fred!" And the car shot suddenly towards the moon. Harry couldn't believe it. He was free. He wound down the window, the night air whipping in his hair, and he looked back at the shrinking rooftops of Privet Drive. Uncle Vernon, Aunt Petunia, and Dudley were all hanging, dumbstruck, out of Harry's window. See you next summer, Harry yelled. The Weasleys roared with laughter, and Harry settled back in his seat, grinning from ear to ear. Let Hedwig Hedwig out, he told Ron. She can fly behind us. She hasn't had a chance to stretch her wings for ages. Harry handed the hairpin to Ron, and a moment later, Hedwig soared joyfully out of the window to glide alongside them like a ghost. So, what's the story, Harry? said Ron impatiently. What's been happening? Um, Harry told them all about Dobby, the warning he'd given, and the fiasco of the violet pudding. There was a long shock when he'd finished. Very fishy, Fred fi- said Fred finally. Definitely dodgy, agreed George. So he wouldn't even tell you who's supposed to be plotting all this stuff? I don't think he could, he said Harry. I told you, every time he was close to letting something slip, he started, um, he started, he started banging his head on against the wall. He saw Fred and George look at each other. Well, what do you think? He was lying to me, said Harry. Well, said Fred, put it this way. Ourselves have got mag- um, powerful magic of their own, but usually can't use it without their master's permission. I reckon old Dobby was sent to stop you from coming back to Hogwarts. Some kind of joke. Um, can you think of anyone at the school who might have a grudge against you? 
Yes, said Harry and Ron together, instantly. Draco Malfoy, Harry explained. He hates me. Draco Malfoy, said George, turning round. Not Lucius Malfoy's son. Must be. It's not a very common name, is it? said Harry. Why? I've heard Dad talking about him, said George. He was a big supporter of you-know-who. And when you-know-who disappeared, said Lord Fred, craning around to look at Harry, Lucius Malfoy came back, saying he'd never meant any of it. Load of dung, Dad reckons. He was right and you-know-who's in a circle. Harry had heard these rumours about Malfoy's family before, and they hadn't surprised him at all. Draco Malfoy made Dudley look like a kind, thoughtful, and sensitive boy. I don't know whether the Malfoys own a house elf. Well, whoever owns him will be an old wizarding family, and they'll be rich, said Fred. Yeah, Mum's always wishing we had a house elf to do the ironing, said George, but all we've got is a lousy ghoul in the attic, and, um, and gnomes all over the garden. House elves come with big old manors and castles and places like that. You wouldn't catch one in our house. Mal um, Harry was silent. Judging by the fact that Jericho Malfoy usually had the best of everything, his family was rolling in wizard gold. Um, he could he could just see Malfoy strutting around a very large manor, um, sending the family servant to stop Harry going back to Hogwarts. Was also the exactly sounded like the sort of thing Malfoy would do. Had Harry been stupid to take Dobby seriously? I'm glad we came to get you anyway," said Ron. I was getting really worried when you didn't answer any of my letters. At first, I thought it was Errol's fault. Who's Errol? Ow, ow. He's ancient. It wouldn't be the first time he'd collapsed on delivery. So when I tried to borrow Herms... Who? The owl. Mum and Dad bought Percy to, um, when he was a prefect, when he was made prefect, said Fred from the front. But Percy wouldn't lend him to me, said Ron. Said he needed him. Percy's been acting very odd this summer, said George, frowning, and he has been sending lots of letters and spending a lot of time shut up in his room. I mean, there's only so many times when you can polish a free, uh, prefect badge. You're driving too far west, Fred, he added, pointing at a compass on the dashboard wheel. Fred twiddled the steering wheel. So, does your dad know you've got the car? Um, said Harry, guessing the answer himself. Uh, no, said Ron. He had to get, um, he had to work tonight. Hopefully we'll be able to get it back into the garage without Mum noticing we flew it. What does your dad do at the ministry, anyway? He works in the most boring, boring department, said Ron. The misuse of Muggle Artifacts Office. The what? All it's, um, it's all to do with bewitching things that a muggle made. You know, in case they end up back in a muggle shop or house. Like last year, some old witch died and her tea, shell, uh, her tea set was sold to an antique shop. This muggle woman bought it and tried to serve it to her friends. It was a nightmare. Dad was working overtime for weeks. What happened? The teapot went berserk and squirted boiling tea all over the place. And one man ended up in hospital with the sugar tongs clamped to his nose. Dad was going frantic. It's only him and an old, old warlock called Perkins in the office. And they had to do memory charms and all sorts to cover it up. But your dad, this car, 
Yeah, Dad's mad. Fred laughed. Yeah, Dad's mad about everything to do with muggles. Our shed's full of muggle stuff. He takes it apart, puts spells on it, and puts it back together again. If he raided our house, he'd have to put himself under arrest. It drives Mum mad. That's the main road, said George, peering down through the windscreen. We'll be there in ten minutes. Just as well, it's getting light. A faint pinkish glow was visible along the horizon to the east. Fred brought the car lower, and Harry saw a dark, a dark patchwork of fields and clumps of trees. We're a little way outside the village, said George. Ordinary Saint Catchpole. Lower and lower the sun went, um, went the flying, lower and lower went the flying car. The edge of a brilliant red sun was now gleaming through the trees. Touchdown, said Fred, and with a slight bump, they hit the ground. Um, they had, they had landed next to a tumble-down garage in a small yard, and for the first time, and Harry looked out for the first time at Ron's house. That's probably going to be it for today. I'm just going to leave it here right now. Um, I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Reading Harry Potter with a 12-year-old. This is about halfway through the chapter. Um, but I'm sorry I couldn't read more. It's only been about 13 minutes worth of reading. But um, it's pretty late right now for me. And I have to get to bed soon. So I'm just going to leave it here for tomorrow. I might post the next episode maybe tomorrow or like in the next three or four days. But yeah, as I said, I'm going at least a week or two weeks, if not a week. But um, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Reading Harry Potter with the 12-year-old. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to check out the other episodes. And if your friend, you know, if your family's, in, if your family and friends, um, enjoy listening to Reading Harry Potter, then um, please share this podcast with them. Um, that's all I have to say for today. Hope you guys are staying safe from coronavirus, and I'll see you guys later. Take care. Bye for now. Oh, okay, this is something I, I just remembered five seconds later after I posted the outro. So, if you guys want me to throw in some music with the actual reading, because I only do the reading with no music in the background, um, and sort of the intros with, um, the intros with the music. So, if you guys want me to actually just change it around a bit, add some music with the reading, um, I can definitely do that. You just, um, just send me a few voice messages telling me what you would like to do. And then, um, yeah, if I get a few of them in, and then, um, I'll see, um, which, uh, so sort of like a vote, like, um, who wants what more. So, just, like, no music or music, um, just uh, let me know about that, uh, just so I can make this your experience of reading Harry Potter even better. So, um, just, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say for now, and I'll see you guys later. See ya.